Hello everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to run through some books that I, as a personal opinion, think you should read during this nationwide quarantine, at least in the United States, we're having right now. Uh, so today that's going to be the quick rundown. I'm going to give five books and reasons why that they're, that you should read them during this quarantine. It can The reasons could go from that they're really engrossing and that they're fun to read, or they relate back to this time period, and that they're more about survival. And, you know, it's just fun to read about what could happen with the future. First book, uh, and our first book today, is Metro 2033. Metro 2033, sorry. Uh, I think I talked about this book previously on the podcast. And, uh, I think, personally, it's up there. I'm one of my favorite books that I've read of all time. Uh, it's by Dmitry Glukovsky. Uh, it's, a uh, it's set in Russia and originally written in Russian. So, there's some parts of the book that may not make total sense, but it's still a fun read. And it's set in the future, in 2033, and kind of the whole story based around it is that in 2013 nuclear bombs fell all around the world that's when you know world war three happened and it was over like that in a few minutes and it follows a young artyom uh who you know lives in the russian what's it called the russian subway the, the metro that's why it's called metro 2033 and it's how he goes and like how he explores the metro post-apocalyptic russia and it's his understanding of the world and how he goes from being a naive 19-year-old or 18-year-old to, you know, at the end being basically a war veteran. Uh, it's very interesting, and I think you should read it in this time because, you know, everyone thinks we're going to, you know, it's apocalyptic, you know. Toilet paper is running out on the shelves or is out, so is hand sanitizer. But, you know, it could show that even in times of... Uh, even in times of trials, we can still have a little bit, you know, hope. Bring it all together. And though that may be false hope, it's still hope. And you can still live through life and still, you know, have life on this planet, even if it is hopeless. It feels hopeless. And I think that's the main lesson about the book and that everyone should learn in life is that there's never a time where it's hopeless. It may be false hope. It may be real hope but you still have hope. I've been saying hope a lot in the past minute. Uh, but I read the book last year, and it was amazing. I loved it. Uh, I got it because it came into the library at my school. And I was like, you know what? I've played the video game. It was I got the video game, Metro Exodus, which is based off after the sequel to this book, Metro 2035. But I loved the game. I loved the characters. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give this book a try. And I finished it within a few days. It is a fairly long book and fairly complex. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for a more mature read, it's not for the young or the light of heart or for younger audiences. But I found it enjoyable as a high schooler. So uh, if you're a high schooler, I think you should read this book. You know, with this time, probably get the ebook version of it for a few bucks. I'm not sure if it's on a. Amazon Kindle or Audible, 
But yeah, that is our first book down, and now onto our second book. Our second book, or book series, as I probably should say, uh, is the Percy Jackson series, ranging from the Percy Jacksons and the Olympians to the Trials of Apollo. Uh, it's written by Rick Riordan, Riordan, however you pronounce it. It's a really weird last name. No offense to him. But uh, this book, I've talked about talked about the first book in the series, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Now I'll talk about the second book this weekend. It's coming weekend. You can look forward to that. And, you know, I've talked about my love for the characters a lot and how they grow. It feels like they're real people in a real world with real understanding and real personalities. It all, you know, folds onto this realism in a fake world. You know, the the Greek gods are still not aren't alive. They're you know they were never alive, but he makes he makes the characters feel real when they're actually not. And that's what I really love about him as an author, Rick Gordon, and the books like Percy Jackson. He starts off as a naive twelve year old boy who is troubled and lives in New York City. That could be anyone in New York City, any boy in New York City. But it slowly, he slowly opens up the ideas, the idea of, you know, the Greek gods being alive. And then once it comes out in full aspect, it's brilliant, you know? The characters still feel real. And the gods, even though they're gods, in quotes, they feel, you know, like they could be your uncle or your dad, you know? They feel uh, sort of likable. And uh, just this whole, I can tell you saying realism for this book, like hope for the last one. Uh, yeah, that's what I like about this series. And I think it's a pretty, it's a fun read. And uh, sorry, my phone was going off. Uh, that was basically the Percy Jackson. And it goes from the Percy Jackson, the Olympians to Heroes of Olympus to, I would include, personally, Magnus Chase, because that's always a fun one. It's a three-book little series about the Norse gods instead of Greek and Roman gods. And then it ends off with the Trials of Apollo. Trials of Apollo is, you know, the last series. It is still coming out with those books. And I'll do every single one of these books on the podcast, but it may take a while. There's a lot. There's... I think there's like 16 out right now, I think. If you count them all up, there's 16. And they start off pretty short with the first series, you know, averaging around 200 to 400 words. They get longer and longer. Well, the second series, they all cap around 500 to 700. And then Magnus Chase, it's a good 500 pages for each book. And then uh, Trials of Apollo kind of varies between three or... 400 around there and they're each very unique and the there's cameos from old characters like Percy Jackson shows up in every series and it's always interesting to see old characters but older you know like it puts a twist like oh that does make sense uh to the characters how they're older and how they act and that's why I like this book it's this this series is more based around the characters. That's why I like it. Uh, you know, the story's good, but I feel like he started with the characters and then enveloped the story around them so the story feels more real to each character. It's not, he made the story and then 
tried to shove in a character that he made. Uh, and it just feels so real with that. And that's why I think we should read it, is because, you know, it feels real, and maybe you can relate to one of these characters. And now on to the third book. Uh, our third book for today uh, is a historical book by the name of Spearhead. Uh, Spearhead is uh, it's set back in World War II and talks about tank warfare. Uh, it is a biography uh, about a guy named Clarence and a Russian trooper, a Russian soldier, like a tank operator. Tank operator. I forgot his name. But, uh, and then there's a third character they put in, which is a, just an American soldier named Buck. And it talks about kind of, it's World War II biography. And it's, it's very interesting because it talks about the tank warfare, which I have never read a book or seen a movie about tank warfare in World War II. Like, almost fully dedicated about tank warfare that covers both the American and German side. Uh... It kind of shows the harsh reality of a German tank operative because they went into, I think it was Berlin or another city or Hamburg, one of the big cities in Germany. And when the German tank went across, the Germans sunk the bridge. So the Americans couldn't cross without having to pull up like, oh, like, you know, portable bridges. And it shows that the Germans at the end of the war didn't want to be part of the Germans. There's a, way more. There's an increase of uh, what's it called deserters in the German military, and that it's very interesting because I never really thought about that. I knew that most deserters in the German army, you know, were like killed or sentenced to concentration camps, but it just shows that you know what happened in World War Two, and it, it sheds you know new light on. What you know, what it was like to be a German, and we feel to think the Nazis slash Germany were bad, like just purely bad, and that if you know you were German, you were bad, and that's not the case, and it shows that in this book, and you know the American side was uh, you know kind of American, it showed him like oh just being a kid while going into war and coming out as a man, it's that you know kind of standard coming of age story but thrown in with some interesting kind of, you know, different storytelling techniques, you know, like changing different angles, also, also characters being, like, aware of themselves and, like, realizing that they're not invincible and that they're still human. And that's very interesting for me back in this kind of time period. This whole book, it if you read it, you know, you'd come out way more knowledgeable and, you know, maybe more lenient towards certain types of people and different kind of religions, I guess you'd call it, and different beliefs. But yeah, beliefs is a better word. But it's called Spearhead by, uh, by Adam Makos. That is the author of it. And I think the guy's name was Clarence, was the American tank operative. And I forgot to name too. Buck was the American, American soldier. Uh, and yeah, that was the third book. I think that's just, it's more of an interesting read, you know? Yeah, a new read for certain people. You know, it may not be enjoyable for some, but it's more of like a history lesson. You need to know about it 
but maybe you don't want to know about it or it's boring to you. But trust me to say, it is not boring. There is action around every corner, and it's it's pretty. You know, it's it's. I don't want to say it's fun to read because that you know doesn't seem right to say about a war book, but it's interesting to read to say the least. And our fourth series right now uh, is Fablehaven. I have not read this series in a while, so I'm a little rusty on it, and I don't own it. But uh, it is. It's a fun read. This one's definitely fun. Uh, kind of with the Percy Jackson, it starts out kind of slow, you know, you know, slower, you know, because it picks up later on. After introducing the characters, after introducing the world that they live in, uh, it starts, you know, picking up speed. And that's what all book series should do. And I'm going to look it up right now on my phone to see who wrote it. Uh, it is by Brandon Moore. Brandon Moore? Is that what it is? Yeah, Brandon Mole. Uh, you know, also, like Percy Jackson, it starts off with, you know, books being short and then getting longer and longer. But the characters is what I also love about it. Uh, this is like the first book I really read that has a good relationship between brother and sister. The sister kind of seems like the main character, but as it gets later on, you know, the brother gets some spotlight. That's what should happen. Uh, kind of equal representation, equal representation between siblings. And uh, my personal favorite character in this book is uh, definitely the brother. His name is Seth. He starts out, like, I think he's 10 or something. Like, 10 to 12 years old. But as it goes on, you know, each book takes place, like, around a year apart or so, or something like that. I can't really remember. But... Each book, you can tell he's getting older. He becomes more aware. Like in the second book, I think, uh, you know, he becomes kind of a main character at that point and then kind of fades back a little bit. And by the fourth and fifth book, he's definitely a main character. You know, he's like kind of at the forefront of the fighting in this, you know, series. And uh, it's kind of, it's about... I don't really want to spoil too much because this is this one's that it's the more of the figuring out what's happening. Uh, you know, like once you figure out what's happening and what the world is, you're like, wow, that is really interesting. Uh, I'm just gonna read the uh, the. But why isn't there a thing? I just want to find the overview. I'll read it of the first one. Uh. Shoot, where's that? Oh, right, here it is. Uh, Alright, so this is just a simple, you know, like, two-sentence thing of what it says about this. Uh, Fablehaven is a 2006 fantasy novel written by Brandon Mole about two siblings whose grandparents, unbeknownst to their family, are the owners of a nature preserve for magical creatures. You know, sounds like your stereotypical, like, fantasy novel, but... As you go on, the world becomes more and more in depth. You know, there's more depth to it, and that like once you get to the end, like wow, that makes total sense with the first book, which all books should. And that's kind of why I don't like Harry Potter. Don't want to throw too much shade in this episode because that's not a dedicated episode. But yeah, it's going. The end should make sense with the beginning. That should happen with all books, and once the puzzle pieces are set in place. 
you can go back to the beginning and see no flaws at the beginning, as you should say. Like, no discrepancies between the beginning and the end. Uh, and that's part of the reason why I like that this one's more of... This is definitely a fun read. Uh, but it's more of the... Uh, what's the word? I can't find the word. The uh, discovery of the whole, you know, truth in this book. And the characters are all fully fleshed and all have, like, backstories. And it's kind of the first book I read that no character is safe. That's what I like to call it. And I think good action books should have that rule in place where no character is safe. This is like the first kids book that, you know, it's not to the magnitude of action books, but it's still kind of prevalent where, you know, you realize that, oh, these characters aren't safe from certain events. And I think that's always interesting to see in, you know, a kid's book. Because this is a kid's book. That's why it's, it's meant for little less mature audiences. But it's still very interesting for me reading it as a high schooler again. So now we're going to go on to book five. Oh, we're at the end of it now. And now to the final series. Uh, this, is, this one is definitely a series. And some of you... Who, you know, if you know me in person, which some of you do, you know this is coming if I've talked to you about books. Uh, series number five is, of course, Galaxy's Edge by, uh, I remember what their names. Always, there's two authors of it, and I always forget. It's Nick Ansbach, Ansbach, I think. This is, oh, i got to find it in this book. Jason Ansbach and Nick Cole. Those two are some of my favorite authors, just because it Galaxy's Edge is, I like to call it Star Wars, but better. Uh, it's a book series, of course. Uh, but, give me a second to put that back in. My bookshelf. Uh, but, it kind of, it feels real. You know, this realism in combat, especially in the first book, it feels like this conflict could happen, but, you know, like, in our, with our current, uh, like, you know, weapons and our current, you know, just kind of our warfare status, maybe, that's the word. But it feels like this combat is, like, it's gritty. It gets to it. This is definitely a no character is safe. Where, you know, with my favorite character, I was like, you know what? I like that guy. I want that guy to go to the end of the series, which is n it's nine books long. The main series is, at least. I want to get to the end of the series, and he's going to be alive. He's going to be a cool character. He didn't make it out of the first book. And that just shows that, you know, no character is safe, which all war movies slash books should have, as long as they're not historical. They're historical. Stick to your, you know, base information. But, uh... Yeah, my favorite book is the first book in this series, and the seventh book, those two are my favorite, because it just kind of goes to that desert warfare where there is no rules. It's just warfare. And uh, it it's definitely the like, realism that this could happen that I like about it. I've said that before. But just... I just love this series. And uh, they've made a lot of mini books, like mini series books after it, 
after it, there's the Order of the Centurion, which is basically the Medal of Honor, but harder to get, and then they award it to certain Legionnaires. And since this is in the future, Legionnaires are like the major fighting force, like the, I don't know what today would be, but there is Marines. There's like Marines, and then like SEALs, I guess, but more of them. There's like, they're, it's really hard to get into, but you know, you're the top of the top if you get into Legionnaires. Uh, and it just kind of, it shows a Victory Company, which is a company under the 501st Legionnaire Corps, and it follows them through this glo- through this galactic conflict. That's the, the correct term. And I think it's better than Star Wars, because this is more about the ground-based attack. Like, most of these, these are actual soldiers. They're not space wizards that can move stuff with their mind and have lightsabers. Uh... It's way more grounded, and that's the reason why I like it. It's because it's a grounded space, you know, it's grounded, but it's like sci-fi. And so it makes sense. This could happen in our future, and that's what I like about it. And I'm just not going to rant too much about it, because I want you guys to witness this for yourself. But, uh, yeah, that, that concludes my top five books. Uh, let me know this week, later this week, maybe I'll have two more episodes out. Uh, it, we'll have a corn cast, as I call it, a quarantine podcast going on with some of my friends, um, later this week. And, uh, there will be Percy Jackson part two, book two, uh, Sea of Monsters coming out this weekend. So you can look forward to that. And for final, thank you guys for listening this far. And if you could just kind of support me, I guess, just by sharing this with your friends. And with me changing my name to Literature Today, you may not find it as fast. But if you do find this, uh, welcome, I should say, for a finale. <laughs> uh, but give me a share. And if you can just look up by my name, if on Spotify or other places. I know Anchor, if you look up this podcast, it should come up right away. And like other Apple Podcast maybe, but in like Spotify, I couldn't find myself. I had to look up Ryan Johnson to find this podcast. So if you want to share it to a friend they can't find it, just say if you're look if you're on Spotify, look up Ryan Johnson. And that concludes today's podcast.